right, and welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am Justin Strange here with my lovely co-host, Jake Kramers, Creamers, Cremers, however you want Kramers. to pronounce it, and Zach Briggs. Hey, guys. Hello again. Yo. So um, today our subject is going to be non-studio superhero movies, such as non-MCU and DCEU and all that stuff. Um, but real quick, I wanted to, I have a couple things I want to talk about. And if you guys have something you want to talk about, um, we can take turns or whatever, but I just want to say that I watched the new show, Pam and Tommy, about Pamela okay. Anderson and Tommy Lee. And actually it's not too bad. That's really all I have to say about it. Give us a rundown. What's it about? Pretty much tells the story of how the tape got out and it's got, it's got yeah. Lily James in it. And that's the real reason. Cause man, that girl. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was in the uh, live adaptation of Cinderella. And then she's also in a movie called Yesterday. She's also in a movie called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Also a good movie. Yeah. So um, she's in this. And so I, I really, I mean, she's one thing, she's beautiful. And two, she's a great actress. Like she's a really good actress. And then also Sebastian Stan is in this movie. If you know who Sebastian Stan okay. is. It's good to see that. him outside the Winter Soldier. Yeah, he's, he's the Winter Soldier. Um <laughs> I always thought Sebastian Stan would be a great actor to play, like a Mark Hamill lookalike for Luke Skywalker. Oh, you're not Absolutely. the only one. Because he I've been... He Go would ahead. do it, um, but he has to get Mark Hamill's permission first. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think That's Mark Hamill would care. I've been watching the Book of Boba Fett and then The Mandalorian, and they have scenes, spoiler, where they have a Luke Skywalker reprise, but there's it's obvious deep fake. Oh, improved yeah. a lot in, in book of boba fett it looks amazing it looks like the return of the jedi Spoiler, man, I haven't skywalker even, haven't even seen it <laughs> there's Warning. a reason for that is disney actually hired a dedicated deep fake artist who's actually a youtuber he started as a youtuber making deep fakes on youtube specifically yeah and Shamook is his YouTuber, such, his YouTube name. Yep. He does such a good job that Disney hired him to be their dedicated lucky guy. Guy, what a lucky guy! Yeah, it's like it's, it's important to keep up on your technology. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Sega. I know this isn't a movie thing, but Sega, uh, when they came out with when they came out with Sonic Mania, which is essentially a new like a 16-bit Sonic, but with you know a little bit better graphics and it's just a better looking game, but a guy had made like a fan version of a Sonic the Hedgehog and they hired him. They're like, you make it. So he got to make the whole game. And I'm pretty sure he also helped with the Sonic the Hedgehog redo for the movie. That's awesome. I love seeing small creators being hired by the companies that make the products that they love. I mean, mean, that is a fan's dream. If I were in in that position to be able to hire somebody, I'd be like, hire this guy. Like, who cares about this guy? Hire this guy. We can see his stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so here we go. Uh, So non-studio superhero movies. Let's start with you guys real quick. Do y'all have a favorite that you maybe have thought of? Chronicles, one of mine. It's a 2012 movie, kind of a coming in age uh, sci-fi superhero-esque movie. These boys, one's a kind of seems like he's the protagonist, a bullied individual. They find some stones, an object that gives them an assortment of powers and takes place in Seattle area, I believe. Just an excellent uh, yeah. movie overall and well it pretty uh, much this, gives them... a lower budget movie and, and it has this found footage technique um at times um Most overall times. i think it was a, i think it was a good movie overall i went to theaters to see that movie um 
because I remember when it was being advertised and my niece really wanted to watch it. And so I was like, let's go see it in theaters. So we did. And I was glad I did see it in theaters because it was a pretty cool movie. They end up getting like telekinetic powers, which was interesting because, you know, we think telekinetic powers is like just being able to move stuff with your mind, which is what they did. But they they ended up being able to fly because they were essentially moving themselves with their mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lifting themselves up using telekinetic powers. And I'm like, how come nobody's ever thought of that? Well, you know? It's like the force. It could Jedi could technically fly as well if they concentrate hard enough. It's yeah, I guess telekinetic. so. That would break so many stories though. That would that would just break the universe. They'd be like, Well, why can't you fly? The guys in Chronicle could do it. <laughs> so what about you, Jake? Wonder you got any Wonder Woman? <laughs> um the most recent one that I, I really enjoyed has been Invincible. That's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the animated one, right? The Boys was good, too. You mentioned that it's earlier, an, too. It's an animated series on Amazon Prime based off the comic of the same name by Robert right. Kirkman. Robert right. Kirkman, of course, is most known for the Walking Dead series. But he does a lot of great other comic series, Invisible being one of them. And it's essentially kind of a coming of age story is how it begins. But like it's a teenager and his dad is their world Superman, essentially. His dad is Superman and he doesn't have powers. And it's kind of like starts in that area and then he gets powers and he has to like learn how to become a superhero um, with his dad. So it's got like some family drama in it. It's got like all sorts of stuff. And there's a great twist as the series goes along which I'm not going to spoil, but yeah, it's a very good, it's, I do. it's I, I, not a family friendly story, which I'm not going to say that is a rule for non DC Marvel movies that we talk about, but it but seems like, to be the trend, right? It, it seems to be the trend. If it's yeah. not, it's not a main studio. They have more leeway and well, yeah. they're allowed to do more fun stuff. Gratuitous violence being one of them. Yeah. So you mentioned Invincible, which is on Amazon Prime, which I haven't seen yet, but I did watch The Boys, which was a good show. The first, what is it? The first two seasons, I think, is on Amazon Prime. And then third season's coming out. You normally don't do this, but I still have yet to watch the season two finale. That's the only one I'm missing. The government essentially runs, right? It's the government or is it like a... It's a mega corporation. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if it was government or a corporation that runs superheroes in like every... Was every state or city like has their own superhero? City has yeah. their own superhero, and it, it's pretty good. It's very rated R type uh, stuff. Would you say that very... series was unlike anything that's been released before? Kind of the antithesis to Justice League. Yeah, it's very cynical. It's very cynical in its message about like our society and late stage capitalism, and like what would happen if superheroes existed in the real world? What would happen? Well, corporations would probably sponsor them, and then own them yeah essentially so it's very and, it, and the one of the main characters and i forget is is it captain stars no that's um that's kick-ass what is the the main superhero's name uh homelander homelander thank you the way they become superheroes is they're essentially given experimented on as uh as babies and a lot of, that's how a lot of them become superheroes because parents got paid to kind of bring them in and that's how some of them became superheroes and all this other stuff so it's a pretty interesting show now that we've gotten through y'all, so the, there are a couple movies I wanted to talk about. The first one being one of my favorite non-DC, non-MCU movies is Kick-Ass. I don't know if y'all have ever seen either one of those movies. Speaking of like almost gratuitous violence, right? Have you guys ever seen Kick-Ass? Whips. Yeah, one I've and two. Clips. Oh my God, you guys. I feel like we, I, we all have very, we all have very distinct tastes in movies. Why do I even talk to you? Oh my God. I mean, um, okay. I think... Peacemaker is very similar to elements of Kick-Ass I've, I've heard. Okay. I, I've, I've been watching, but that's a DC, so. 
that's also James Gunn. So, you know, if he can, if he can do violence, he does it. Cause there's another movie I'm going to talk about by James Gunn actually, but not right now. So Kick-Ass is about this kid who, um, wants to be a superhero and he's like wondering why nobody's ever done it before and and he decides he's going to be a superhero so he buys like a, a wetsuit essentially and uses it as his costume and in the comics his mask is like it's almost uh, it's like a wetsuit where it's got the mouth is covered but the eyes aren't because that's where you put like your goggles or whatever but in the movie his his eyes and his mouth are uncovered which i thought was kind of weird but i guess it's so we could I don't know. So they don't have to go back and dub his voice. I don't, I don't know why they did that, but essentially he gets this, he gets this costume and decides he wants to fight crime and he tries and he loses badly. He gets like stabbed and then he gets hit by a car. And so they, when he goes to the hospital, they had to replace like a bunch of his, his uh, bones and stuff with like metal plates. So then he was not really invincible, but he could take a lot more pain. So then when they tried to do it again, like fight crime, he was able to take a bunch of hits because he couldn't really feel it. And then, of course, you know, there's people that help him. Their names are uh, Big Daddy and Hit Girl, played by Nicolas Cage and Chloe, Chloe Grace Mortz. Yeah. Yeah. They are like actual crime fighters, and they can actually fight, and they actually know what they're doing. So they kind of help him, and then all this other stuff happens with the Namiko family, and it's, he's kind of like this, almost like this mob boss. And anyway, it's just very rated R, very good, very cool movie. And then Kick-Ass 2 funny. came out. I, is, I heard it's funny. It is pretty funny. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of – and actually, um, Clark Duke, who is uh, – I forget his name in the movie, but he plays one of Dave's friends. Dave's the main main character. Um, he plays one of his friends, and that kid is actually from Arkansas. He's from Glenwood, Arkansas. If you've ever seen the movie Arkansas or The Office Season 9, different things. Uh, so I thought that was neat that he was in that movie. And then you got Kick-Ass 2 – which is the same characters except for Big Daddy because, spoiler alert, he dies in the first movie. But Jim Carrey joins this one, and they are pretty much creating like a, a superhero league, kind of like the Justice League. They're trying to – and so they use this – they use social media, and people are dressing up as superheroes, and they're kind of creating this movement. And then um, Jim Carrey's in it as Captain Stars and Stripes, and he's Russian, and got um, Chris Remens Plus, who's the main bad guy in it and all this stuff. So – it's kind of the same thing over again with the violence and all that stuff. So that's one of the, and I think Kick-Ass is actually a Marvel comic. It's just not like, and of course not in the MCU. It's one of the Marvel's kind of backlog of type comics where nobody really knows it's Marvel, but I'm pretty sure it's Marvel and I, I could look it up, but you know what? If anybody's listening and they want to say something about it, they can. That's totally fine. You can tell me all about it. There's going to be a Kick-Ass 3 or well, conclude it too? Well, the issue with two was that people pirated it so much that they didn't make much money, so they didn't bring it back. But Chloe Grace, she said she would be down for a Kick-Ass 3, but it would have to be perfect. Kind of the same thing that Andrew Garfield said with an amazing Spider-Man 3 or whatever is kind of how everything would have to be perfect, which means every character would have to come back, reprise their roles, which, you know, uh, the guy that plays Dave Luzinski, which is Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Quicksilver in Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. He's like, I don't know, 30-something now. So I don't know how well he would do playing Kick-Ass again. But I, I mean, I think it'd be cool if they all came back, but I doubt it'll ever happen. I have a question. So now that, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, men are expose themselves in the MCU. Is it fair to say that the, the pre-MCU movies are, I guess, technically a part of the MCU, but we just don't know yet? <laughs> Back then, all leads up to... I guess. To I No mean, Way Home. I mean, I guess. 
you know? I mean, they were pulled into it. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I kind of like them being their own thing. But I guess technically they are because I know that I had read something that um, Tobey Maguire said his Spider-Man is not the end of his Spider-Man. So, and I heard they were doing something with with uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back as a, for Spider-Man together. So I don't know. I guess, I guess it's part of the MCU now. I don't, I don't really care, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm okay with Spider-Man No Way Home being Spider-Man No Way Home. Not necessarily worried about what's MCU and what's not at this point in time, you know? Because, like, after Endgame happened, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I know they're going to keep coming out with all these MCU movies, but I'm okay if they don't, you know? It's kind of go back to doing their own thing before that whole thing happened. But they're going to keep doing it until it stops making money. And I think that it's going to be a while before that happens. So the next movie I want to talk about is actually a movie written and directed by James Gunn. It's called Super. This one I know about. Yeah, with it's got Rain Wilson, Dwight yeah. from The Office. Um, and he plays this guy whose girlfriend left him for Kevin Bacon. Uh, I don't remember Kevin Bacon's name in the movie, so I'm going to call him Kevin Bacon. Uh, and Liv Tyler was his girlfriend. She leaves him, and then he decides to fight crime in order, I guess, to get her back so he can fight Kevin Bacon. And so that's pretty much the gist of it. But it's written and directed by James Gunn, which, if I remember correctly, at the time, he was dating Jenna Fisher. No, no, he wasn't dating her at the time. He was he had been married to her, though. James Gunn, is he, I haven't seen this movie, but he, I'm kind of familiar with this technique with music. Um, he's losing a lot of music in his scenes and series in general is that does he kind of apply that in this in this movie as well or you know i don't remember the music as much uh, i just remember i like so let's the reason why even rain wilson is in this movie because you know rain wilson's kind of a goofy looking guy um he was you just killed our chances of interviewing rain wilson ever well uh, i'm sure he would agree with He's me never gonna come on the podcast now I bet you he'll agree with me if if I was like, hey, man, I caught you a goofy looking guy on our podcast. Jennifer, I believe Jennifer Fisher and James Gunn were either dating or they were married for a little bit. But at the time, they weren't together anymore, but they were still friends. So James Gunn had sent her this script and she was like, I know exactly who should play this character. He used to be Rain Wilson. So that's how Rain Wilson got the part. And it also has Ellen, who Ellen Page, who we know now as Elliot Page. But at times she was Ellen Page and she plays his little sidekick or whatever, you know. And so his superhero name in the movie is the Crimson Bolt, which if you look it up, you'll see him on the front on IMDb. He's got like a super homemade costume and his weapon is like a, a big wrench and he essentially hits people with it. And so and then his little slogan is shut up crime. I distinctly remember watching the trailers. For yeah. That. And he's like he like hits people he's like, don't molest children <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny i remember the, the trailer for that and my mom was appalled yeah if he just like walked up to a dude and just caved a guy's head in with like a wrench mm-hmm. and then well i remember in the movie there was a part where uh, i remember exactly what happened but they were waiting in line for something and i guess the guy had either cut in front of him or bullied him somehow so he just walks away and then you cut to him changing into his superhero co- superhero costume in his car and then he comes back to the line and he just hits the guy over the head with his wrench for Practice doing, it. yeah, for doing whatever he did. And I don't remember him doing something that was very bad, you know, like it wasn't anything insanely like 
you know, don't molest children. It wasn't anything no. like that. But I remember him walking up and just whacking them in the head with it. And so that was his little weapon for a while. And then he had created better weapons because he needed to defeat Kevin Bacon's character. And so he, def- he like started carrying guns and then he had created like this projectile thing to, I think to stab Kevin Bacon in the leg or something like that. And all to get his girl back. And I'm like, dude, she left just leave it alone. But he ended up becoming a, a little crime fighter. He looks weird in his costume. It's a comedy too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's it's like anything James Gunn has done before Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? Like I was looking at this page, this um, the page for Super on IMDb, and I went down and, you know, you can see some other stuff that he had done. And he did a movie called Slither. Here's what it says on IMDb. A small town is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. So it's got Michael Rook in it and Elizabeth Banks. And essentially this guy turned, it's almost like The Fly with uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah, you know, he's in The Fly. Yeah, yeah, he's in The Fly. So it's kind of like that where this guy turns in, or I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Tusk with Kevin Smith's movie. Tusk with uh with Justin Long, but he essentially turns into like this huge grotesque thing, and then there's all these like almost like leeches all around town, kind of like arachnophobia, just killing people. It's it's really like kind of like the human centipede, where well, human centipede's worse. It's kind of like that, where it's like this horny kind of horror movie with something that like you know these little leech things that eat people which i've never seen it but i do have a friend that saw it uh jake you know austin my buddy austin um yeah he's he's seen it he's and uh i don't know i'll probably watch it because it's like one of those movies that you kind of that i think you would like jake because it's the bad movies that are bad they're so bad they're good kind of movies supers if you guys have never seen it it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good movie you should probably check it out at least once i would think if you like these these movies about superheroes that aren't uh, MCU. And, well, yeah. speaking of uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I've never seen it, but that's got Sean Connery, right? Is that a Sean Connery? Yes, it has yeah. Sean Connery in it. And this is one of those one of those bad movies. Everyone say it's bad, but I quite enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 it's about Sean Connery. He plays, uh, I believe his name is Quarterman, and it's Alan Quarterman. Yeah creates this league of extraordinary gentlemen. And I believe one lady as well, but he, she's still called a gentleman. And they have all these different powers, like the, the Invisible Man, Dr. Henry Jekyll. Who's the guy with the 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 painting that ages instead of him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like all these like mythical, like all these mythical and sci-fi yeah. creatures all kind of like get together in one. And, and I think that should technically count as a superhero movie because... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. If they, if they fight crime... Looks like it, it says it's an, an alternate Victorian age world. Yeah, it's kind of like a steampunkish type. Mm-hmm. I like steampunkish, steampunkish types. Yeah, Wikipedia is calling it diesel punk superhero film. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite fun. It's, it's a Steam, romp. Steampunkish, I like that word. Another movie I watched when I was going to UCA, or yeah, UCA as an undergrad, which is a random movie. It was on Netflix. It's called Alter Egos. Have you ever seen it? I recognize the name. Oh. Yeah, so how INDB describes it is at a time when superheroes have lost government funding and public support, a superhero meets a girl who can over- help him overcome in a, his own emotional crisis. So it's about this guy, and he has these ice powers, and his name is The Fridge because all the other good names were taken uh so and it's got danny masterson in it and he's not a he's not a superhero in it but he's i think oh no he is a superhero yeah i think if i remember correctly he can go invisible for like a few seconds and then he can't a few seconds yeah just for a few seconds and then he's and then he's done but yeah forget danny masterson what an awful superpower i mean seriously what are you gonna do with that 
it was one of those movies I was like, let's watch this. And then I was like, that was just okay. You know, it's like, it was was kind of forgettable. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't that good. And the CGI in it wasn't bad for like an indie movie. But whenever he froze people, instead of it being eyes, they just like turned blue. Like, I guess they just stood in place. I mean, yeah. Danny Masterson, he, he froze him. And I think he just fell and he just was like still. And then his, his body his like skin was blue. And that was about it. So, I mean, I guess if you're limited on, on funds, that's what you got to do, you know? And then his, <laughs> his suit looks very cheap. Like his, his mask looks like it's made of foam. Homemade costumes. Yeah, pretty much. And so, and the girl, but the girl in it's pretty cute. The girl he ends up liking. So let's see any other, we, we did, we mentioned uh teenage mutant Ninja turtles. We were talking about that before we started recording. Um, I would think that that would be like a non MC. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely superheroes. superheroes. So what, crime. so what is your favorite? movies so we have the original 90s movies one two three right and then we have team and t which was an animated movie and then you have teen uh teenage turtles and teenage Ninja turtles out of the shadows by mike with the, the michael bay movies so which one of those would you consider probably the better one? Second one in the the 90s yeah i would agree when I was growing up, though, my mom had bought us randomly the third one, which if you guys have seen the third one, it's when they go to feudal Japan. They go back in time. Believe it or not, it's called Turtles in Time, which is the same name as the video game on the Super Nintendo. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But they go back. And I remember we watched that movie all the time. And I watched it as an adult. And I was like, man, this is not that bad as people like as people make it out to be. So, yeah, I remember that movie like they I think they had switched the puppeteers from Jim Henson to a new company. So they looked different. They looked more like, to me, kind of looked more like frogs, like giant frogs because of the little spots they have on their head. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think the the third movie was at least not my favorite out of the, the three. Well, yeah, sure. I, I would I would agree. It's not definitely not my favorite, but I think it do, it gets a lot of crap for being you know really bad. And I'm just like, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, it's weird because Elias, what is his name? Elias Cotus is that his name? The guy who played Casey Jones in the first one. Mm-hmm. He comes back and he's clearly wearing a wig. Like he's clearly wearing a wig, right? Yeah. Do you, do you remember him in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he walks in, he's just, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But then uh, I think Corey Feldman came comes back as Donatello. I think he's the only returning actor for those turtles. And I like I like Corey Feldman's voice for Donatello a lot. So. Yeah, I like the music of those. Oh, yeah, movies. me too. It was just the, the theme. Yeah, was that a theme made for those movies? I believe so. I could do that all day long. It's a good stuff. There's such 90s movies. and Oh, yeah. I just I just love the overall tone. The only thing that kind of bothered me was this the, the changing of the April O'Neill actress. Was it oh, a yeah. different actress each movie, or is it did they no, stay consistent after the second one? They I believe they stayed consistent after the second one. Let's look. I like um, the first one. Judith Hogue was actress. in the first one, and I I do I remember I I remember uh, liking her a lot in the first mm-hmm. one, but then they changed her. Let's see, Paige Turco is that her name? Uh, let's see, yes. that's the the second one. Yeah, Paige Turco. Let's see if she's in the third one, and she is. She's in the third one. So, oh, she was in Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. I didn't know that. I've seen that movie. That was a pretty good movie. Have you ever seen Invincible with Mark Wahlberg? No. It's about the guy who um, ends up, he's like, they have open tryouts for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this guy tries out and he ends up getting on the team. It's just like a random, he's just like a random guy. Anyway, that. I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember Mark Wahlberg being in Amazon Prime animated series. (laughs) Well, it's not, it's not the same thing. Not even close. 
this movie came out in 2006. So yeah, he like trained and trains and trains, and then he ends up getting, making the team. But he makes it ends up making special teams, which if you guys know what special teams is, is like kickoff and and field goals and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. The first one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's where they they meet April. They meet April. I think my favorite part was when April was getting closer and closer to finding out about the Foot Clan, and so they they tried to like kill her. And Raphael helped her and brought her home. He lays her out on the couch, and they ask what like why'd you bring him down here? He's like, oh, I don't know, Leo. I don't know. I thought I'd redecorate. You know, a couple throw pillows, a TV news reporter. What do you think? And I thought that line was so funny, and I still think it's funny. I um, like his accent. Yeah, I do too. He's yeah. I like his his whole. I don't know. You Persona. know, Raphael. Raphael's been the same except for the original cartoon, and I think they they came out. You know, they came out with that '90s live action show, The Next Mutation. It only lasted one season, but I don't think he's like that in that show. I don't remember it was, that. It was a live action TV show with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they had a girl turtle, and and they met the Power Rangers. In that oh this is after the three movies three originals i don't know oh then yeah probably uh let's see there's a third one came out in 93 yeah so yeah. yeah so it was a live action it wasn't that good but um i watched like the first episode and they had met this um she was i don't think she was from earth a girl turtle named venus de milo and she had like a light blue a light blue. No, she wasn't from space, but I don't remember where she came from because I just remember. Is she from the comics? I don't know. I don't think so. Not hmm. the original comics. Anyway, I think they made her for the show, but I could be wrong. If you're listening and you hear this and you want to correct me, God, please correct me on this because I didn't watch. I probably watched the first half of the first episode and I was like, all right, I'm done because it wasn't. You saw, they had a, you saw they had a female turtle and turned that off. I mean, and the show just wasn't that good. You're it telling me uh, a mutant ninja? Yeah, a, I'm telling a you that crossover I, with Power Rangers. Well, okay, let me rephrase. It. I did watch that episode because it wasn't just the it was Power Rangers in space, and I remember when they and they weren't in space when this happened, but they came down because I think they had gotten possessed by the bad lady. I don't um, the bad lady. I think yeah, and and. And Power Rangers, so they got p- possessed by her, and they had to fight them. And then they ended up helping them. They all fought together. And like when they met each other, the turtles were like, "Oh my God, they do exist!" And then the Power Rangers were like, "Oh my God, they do exist!" So it's like I think the Power Rangers. Oh yeah, we we have a whole episode of the Power Rangers coming up, but I think the Power Rangers now is kind of like this multiverse thing going on now. Where- yeah, especially you know Batman having <laughs> a movie with them, the animated film. Do you see that? Oh, you're talking about the turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Was, did you see that movie? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It was it was, it was neat. It was good because because now Gotham and New York exist in the same world, and at least in that in that movie, you know, because they didn't go through any portals or anything. They just went to Gotham City because they needed to for some reason. And so did the Shredder. And so the Shredder ends up working with who? Uh, the Joker, the Riddler. It was all of them. They end up turning them all into like animals. So the Harley Quinn was like a dog. The Joker was like a snake. And that was the whole thing. And they Batman and Turtles helped out and blah, blah, blah. Fought together. It was a pretty neat movie. I wish they, I wish I would love to see a live action version of that, to be honest with you. That would be interesting how they would balance the tones. I don't know. Someone called James Gunn. And James, he'd, he'd be all over it, man. I, you know, if, if James Gunn, if James Gunn tomorrow announced he was going to make a Batman and Turtles movie. He could do it. Matt, well, now Batman movies, mm-hmm. yeah, they, got, they got the multiverse now. Yeah, so they can just create, they can do whatever they want. They, I don't think they'll ever make a live action version of that, but it'd be cool if they did. 
And then we have later the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay versions. Doesn't Megan Fox, April O'Neil in those? I though? wanted nothing to do with those. You guys need to open your minds and not dismiss things because Michael Bay's name is attached. I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get past their teeth. Oh, yeah. I think that was, that, there was a lot of was, criticisms about so the uncool. way they looked. Yeah. Well, I saw one I, on trailer with one of them smiling, and I was like, no, that's, I'm not doing that. I do, <laughs> I do agree that they, because, you know, in the cartoon and even the comics, April's significantly taller than them. But in this, in this movie, they're just like huge and they're very much taller than April. You expect them to look one way and then you, let michael bay get a hold of him and he turned them into this whole other thing but i liked it i just liked the way because you know here's the thing about michael bay movies most of them there are some that i i really thought were really good movies like 13 hours that's a michael bay film isn't it i'm familiar with 127 hours which is not oh the guy that cuts his arm off yeah that's uh yeah that's 127 that's james franco i believe right man that watching that movie in the theaters almost fainted during that sequence really oh i wish i would have seen it in theaters now Jeez, what is wrong with me? Um, Anyway, back to the turtles. I'm sorry. I forget what we were talking about. Michael Bay's uh, turtle movies. Yeah. Your thoughts on them? Oh, well, I was all for it. You know, because here's the thing. I I don't know. Like, as a filmmaker, as a filmmaker who's been through film school, you realize that film students are super stuck up. And And I say that as in, like, be, just because they're film students, they think they need to just watch Wes Anderson and all these indie films. And I'm like, dude, if you enjoy Fast and the Furious, go freaking watch the Fast and the Furious. I went to theaters to see Hobbs and Shaw. And you know what? It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it was a fun movie. Like, you don't go to those movies expecting to get this great story. You go. The Rock's in that one. The Rock and Jason State. And me and me and Josh went. Because I was like, dude, I kind of want to see Hobbs and Shaw. Like, I don't care for Fast and Furious, but I kind of want to see Hobbs and Shaw. And so he went with me because it was matinee. It was like six bucks. And so I just remember we laughed so hard because, you know, uh, Idris Elba's in that movie, too. And he's kind of like this Superman. He even refers to himself as the black Superman in that movie because he's very strong and you can't really take him down because he's he's taken this thing that's made him essentially almost invincible. And so in the movie, they're trying to fight him. And then and I don't know why this was so funny. You guys might not find this funny, but they had they like had to regroup the rock and Jason Statham and Jason Statham's like, we're going to have to work together to beat this guy. And me and Josh just started laughing so hard because we're like, of course he does. Like, why wouldn't he need Why wouldn't they need to work together? Like, I don't know why, but it was so funny. But the movie itself, like I said, the story was OK, but the action in it, you go, you go to those. It was movies, entertaining. Yeah, you go to those movies for the action. And it's the same thing with the turtles. Like, yeah, they didn't look like they were supposed to, but they looked good. They sounded good. They were funny. And I think probably the funniest part was when they're in the elevator and they start beatboxing together. You guys haven't seen the movie. You would. I haven't know. seen that movie because they don't look good. They look like freaks of nature. Well, that's what they're supposed to be. I'm still waiting for that's... an adaptation from the comics where it's dark and there's blood with the turtles. Well, you know, there's a movie, animated movie, with the 2000, like the early 2000s versions of the cartoon. I like that cartoon. Yeah, the one where it was, it's like... it was. It was the best animated version. Yeah, and I never actually watched that cartoon, but that's the one that went like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they had the white eyes. Yeah, the white eyes. And so there was a movie, an animated movie, where the turtles from the 80s, 90s cartoon end up helping them with something there. And then they they end up going back in time 
to the comic versions of the turtles and it was yeah. in black and white and they had their red mask. It was actually a really cool movie. And I, I remember I think I got it for free somewhere. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. And I was like, man, I was pleasantly surprised with that movie. I've seen that one. Yeah. Don't, it's been a while. Dis, don't disregard an animated movie just because it's animated. I just want to throw that out there. I don't yeah. think anyone here is disregarding. Well, animated. maybe not anyone here in this podcast but i'm just saying if you're listening go watch yourself some disney animated movie or not disney <laughs> DC. No, <go> <laughs> no no go, go watch go. animation yeah they have some incredible films we yeah, watched, was... we've probably watched Encanto at least 10 times in my household and that's not because of the toddler like it is a good film let me tell you this if you're a millennial you have emotional trauma and you will connect on a spiritual level to this movie I'll get okay. to see it. Okay, let me let me. I, that wasn't. I did not mean to say Disney. Disney does have great animated movies, animated CGI and live action movies. DC movies. Go find Batman and Mister Freeze and Sub Zero. Uh, oh, Under yeah. the Red Hood was a good movie. Batman Ninja was a good movie. The Batman meets the teen, Batman versus Teenage Ninja Turtles. So there's like a plethora of great DC animated movies if you haven't seen. Sorry, back to the turtles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we're we're going back to the turtles. And the last one is the second one, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. I assume you guys haven't seen that one either because you won't open up your minds and watch a Michael Bay movie. I don't think it was necessarily that. Just it didn't look sure. good from the trailers. The well, turtles looked creepy. Okay. Whatever, dude. So the second movie is essentially an episode of the cartoon live action and they're literally doing the there's an episode where krang tries to pull the technodrome from dimension x to earth and that's what they do in the in this movie so let's talk about uh any other movies you guys could think yeah, of uh, up yet? i think the mask is a potential contender i mean it well, came you, from comic books as Jim well Carrey? yeah he sure yeah. did sure did come from yeah. comic books but have you read the comics versus the movie? No, but it's kind of it. similar to TMNT where it's a lot more violent well, and they get away with a lot more than movie portrayed. Yeah, TMNT was darker. Uh, I don't know about violent, but Mask was violent. And he does refer to himself. He says he can be a superhero. He says, does I he? can be a superhero. Oh, yes. I remember that. I can fight crime. That was Whatever. one of my favorite movies growing up. And then, and then he goes and sticks those those big pipes at those guys butts for screwing them on his car just imagine during that scene when he's he gathers those like those goons or those thugs and he has those balloons and everything he puts one in, the, in the shape of a, in the, like a tommy gun. thompson machine gun like if it you're was the only rated, one that would call it a thompson machine gun go ahead yeah. if, he, <laughs> if it was rated r he would be able to you know, shoot and kill a bunch of those guys right there. Yeah, he would. Well, you know, in that in that scene, he's like he's pulling balloons out of his pocket and he pulls out a used condom. And when I was a kid, yeah. uh, I did not understand that at all. And he's like, "Sorry, run pocket," and throws it away. But of course, as an adult, I thought that was hilarious because I it think, was. And Jim Carrey in the comics is he typically kind of a funny Joker esque type? Yeah, he, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of he's insane. Look, the mask is now. If I remember correctly, Stanley Ipkiss really isn't, but the the mask it, it brings out your innermost desires. So inside, you know, Stanley Ipkiss is this, he he describes it as a love crazy wild man. So that's what he is. That's the mask. I, I think it'd be hard to get away with a sequel with Jim Carrey the way they did it back in the 90s just because of political correctness. But I would yeah. like to see Jim Carrey back as the mask and forget well, about that horrible sequel. Well, technically, <laughs> they did make a sequel 
Well, that's what he just said. That horrible sequel with uh, yeah. Jamie Kennedy, I didn't hear uh, that. I where that. he 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 essentially sleeps with his wife as the mask, so his kid inherits those powers. I never, I didn't really watch it. Now the guy who plays um, Loki in the movie, um, he was in. If y'all have ever seen, well, Spy Kids. There's another superhero movie, right? I would think they were kind of superheroes. Yeah, I mean they weren't super, but they definitely had all the. I mean, if Batman's a superhero, the Spy Kids can be superhero. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, this guy he plays Fluke. Remember, remember the Mighty Kids meals seen, back in the day? I've His, only seen Spy Kids 3D. Jeez, oh, Jake, <laughs> that was the only one that I've seen. I've only seen the first one. I I think I saw the second one, but I don't remember. But I do remember the first one pretty well because uh, the guy's name is Floop. His name's Alan Cumming. The his real name. And he plays Loki and Son of the Mask. And so he plays Floop and they had these, he has these like bodyguard things called thumb thumbs. And essentially it's just like thumbs running around and they couldn't, like their arms were thumbs, their legs were thumbs, their bodies, what was a thumb. And like, if they, they, I just remember them running and they would always slip because these, they're all thumbs, literally, you know, which, you know, the saying all thumbs is when you can't hold something and you keep dropping it. Anyway, that was Oh, shut up, guys. That was funny to me. Anyway, The Mask. Um, yeah, great film. Well, I've heard Jim Carrey say, he he said, I will come back to do The Mask sequel. If, you know, it's it's the same as as everybody says when they talk about these these sequels that happen 20 years Coming after back. the fact. Yeah. And they, it, I'll do it if the script was right. It's like, okay, well, someone write the right script. I'll write the right script. I mean, what do you think the right script would be? Do you think bringing back Cameron Diaz's character? Yeah, you'd have to bring back the main Reprise characters. Reprise her, yeah, yeah. Of course, Jim Carrey. I don't know if we need the actor that played Dorian. I'm pretty sure he got arrested. I don't yeah. Um, I don't think we'd need him. We can maybe have a better villain. Peter Riger, who plays the lieutenant. Uh, that would be funny to bring him and his... his uh, What's the name of the city where that movie took place? I know it was like a fictional... Edge, Edge City. Ed, Edge City. Kind of sounds yeah. like a, a city you'd hear in like the DC universe or something. Type Comic book city, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I could talk to Mask all day long. I remember when that movie came out. I didn't get to see it in theaters, but I got the movie from my mom for Christmas. It's an early Christmas present. And, it's the Son uh, of the Mask was a straight-up family movie. I mean, yeah, to, uh, well, the yeah, because <laughs> The Mask, you know, the, the, the 90s did a really good job at like setting like cities in the 90s, like New York, Edge City. We're just always so dark. There's always steam coming from the sewers. It's like it's perpetual rain there, just raining all the time. It's it's crazy how much it rains, how much steam comes from the sewers. But I thought even for the 90s, the mask had really good CGI as well. Yeah, and, I understand that the, the, the mask. It was more of a prosthetic than anything, wasn't it? The, the makeup and all that. The teeth oh, yeah. were fake, the dentures. They weren't going to have Jim Carrey talk in those teeth. But he learned how to talk in them, so they left him on him. You know, Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey, so he learned how to freaking talk in him, like the pro he is. So he was able to use them to the whole movie, and which is great because they look great on him. Those fake oh, yeah. teeth. So we talked about some non-Marvel movies before the MCU and DCEU, which I don't know if they still call it the DCEU now. That that was kind of back when they were trying to do the same thing Marvel was doing. So Look how that worked out. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> they they tried to rush. I, the issue with the DCEU is I think it could have been a lot better. They just tried to rush everything to try to catch up with Marvel and the Avengers and Justice League and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you guys could have taken your time. And I know we're not supposed to be talking about this right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. When Shazam came out, it was kind of when they hit their stride, you know? Yep. 
kind of when they they found their footing, I guess is what I should say. Because what has come out since Shazam DC wise? Has anything come out? I mean, I know something's come out, right? Eighty four. Yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four. Okay, that Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about Wonder Woman eighty four. Like I did not. I couldn't finish. Yeah, and you told us that last time. Such a massive tonal change from the first one. It just it makes zero sense to me. I know they're trying to go for that. 80s era uh, vibe of movie making or, or i don't know but it just was very jarring uh, i'm just not a, I, <laughs> a big ahead. factor of that is the the director writer actually came out from wonder woman 84 and they had a lot of their creative freedom taken away off of the first one because the original wonder woman the, the writers were female the director was female they had a lot of female production crew and that changed in wonder woman 84 um the studio really got involved according to the director and basically said you're going to make the movie we want you to make these are the choices we want to be in the movie and it took a lot away for freedom to make the film and i think that's what caused such large large tonal change that's usually how it works is is they get these directors you know uh when ant-man was announced you know who they got for that was uh edgar wright and i thought that had been awesome but you know they creative differences studio got involved too much and edgar wright's like i'm out Edgar Wright was already an established director by this point. So he was like able to kind of do that. But if it were me and I had done only done, you know, maybe two or three movies and they were like, Hey, we want you to direct this movie. But okay, I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) You know, (laughs) tell me what you want and I'll do it. And then after a while, you know, build that relationship and start making my own stuff and then kind of get to that point where I can have creative freedom for other things. So I don't know if y'all have seen the anime Death Note. It's no. about this. It's about it's an anime, Japanese anime, but it's about this kid who finds a notebook on the ground and he's able to kill anybody by writing their name in the in the notebook. Does he play the demon? He plays Ryuk. The in the American in the does. American version. Of and, course he does. Yeah. So they made an American version. Netflix did American version of it, and they announced that Willem Dafoe was going to play Ryuk, and I was like, that is perfect casting for him is Ryu. he has these gigantic spikes on his back he's completely black he's a, he's essentially he just looks evil he's very very tall very very lanky have you, are you looking at pictures he kind of looks like william defoe yeah willem defoe well that's on how i met your mother I'm, um, I'm familiar with the character yeah it's kind of big he's pale he's got no, he's, he's yeah and he's got these huge like points on his back are we talking about the live action we're yeah. we talking about okay, so we are talking about the, the live action series. The American, where they Americanized it. No, well, it's an American movie. Yeah, but they, they have like a white guy, and like it's a white teenager. Mm. Was well, it American? I mean, okay. Okay. Westernized okay. it. Okay. okay, let me okay, real quick, real quick. Let me just real quick, let me just talk about this whole issue with whitewashing. Okay. If I were to go to Japan and say I want to make a live action version of this this movie in japan i'm not going to put a bunch of americans in it because i'm in japan let's assume i'm japanese so you know you have the death note movies live action death note movies over there and everybody's japanese and then like okay let's look at dragon ball z uh ghost in the shell even death note where they take these japanese animes and make let me say this clearly japanese animes and make american versions and then they get people get mad because they put americans in you see the dilemma i'm having here yeah and then people get mad because there's a bunch of white people and i'm like well i mean in death note there are still well okay so death note had uh the main character was white uh the kid who played l was black which i thought was a great choice because he was really good 
really good for that uh, role. And then you got Willem Dafoe, who voices Ryu, who's also white. And I don't know, it just bugs me when when people get mad, like Ghost in the Shell, Scarlett Johansson plays the main character. She's this white girl. And I'm like, but it's an American version. But everyone, uh, in Ghost in the Shell, though, everyone else besides her is Asian. No, the the bad guy is white. 90% of the people in that movie are Asian. Okay, who cares? It's still, the, it's still an American version. And it's still clearly, and it's still clearly like over in Asia. That's the only problem I have with Ghost in the Shell. I, I get what you're saying about Death Note. I get what you're saying. They moved it over to America, so it makes sense that there is an American teenager. I will so, give you that. So if I'm going to make an American version of something, I'm going to put an American in it. Now that I might put, you know, I'm like, okay, let's talk about Mortal Kombat. Okay. Mortal Kombat video game movie. And we'll have an episode on this later. Mortal Kombat, but they, an Asian guy plays raid okay but in the games he's not asian he's white but i don't have a problem with it it just bugs me when people get mad that americans are in american versions of things you know i get you okay sorry i had to go on my as they say on on uh office ladies well i mean they're soapbox well, just like box. with the, the recent controversy with that, the actress that's um, playing Snow White in the live action film, she's like Polish and somewhere from South America or Mexico. So she's mixed. The Snow White's described as having skin as uh, white as snow. Um, see, see people are giving her a lot of grief because she doesn't fit that description. But <laughs> it's... Uh, I guess you, I've, you, I've heard you, a little bit about this. But the, I think the actress has responded in some way, but trying to you know, be delicate about it. Uh, well, you know... Um, well, I think there's more problems with that movie in this yeah. than now, besides well, just a Latino for a white character. Yeah, yeah I've heard... All of the subs that they need to worry about. Yeah, I, I do remember Peter Dinklage mentioning that Snow White's trying to be different by hiring a non-white actor, but then they still have little people playing the dwarfs and he's like it's still backwards interesting yeah i don't i don't know how to even even, i don't know i don't know how to approach that i don't want to try to approach that whole issue because i didn't i didn't really even realize they were making a new snow white well they're making live action of everything remember booty beauty and the beast what else have they done (laughs) beauty and the beast the lion king live action beauty and the beast cinderella aladdin aladdin Uh, Lion King. Uh, they did Lady and the Tramp, which was Disney Plus exclusive, I think. They also did Pete's Dragon. Nobody talks about that. They did a live I'm action not version. Surprised that no one talks about it. It was okay. I mean, it was fine. Real quick, with the time we have left, what would you say your favorite pre Marvel, pre DC, <laughs> or other superhero movie is? Go ahead, Zach. Between probably the Batman '89 and Spider Man uh, 2002. Um, if we're talking non like even non-Marvel Studios movies. I if if the mask is a super if that's considered a superhero movie, which I don't necessarily consider it one, but let's say people besides me think it is, then I would go with the mask. But kick ass would probably be my, my top. Yes. I think I'm probably gonna have to say the Sam Raimi McGuire trilogy. Yeah and now if we're going with Marvel Studios stuff, yeah absolutely like, like pre so, MCU yeah. slash other. Yeah yeah Totally, I totally. If you're on an island and you, you only have one, you have to choose. I mean, that's I I do it. The, the, the tr- Sam Raimi trilogy, trilogy all the yeah. way, absolutely. Yeah. Desert Island, you can take one, you know, non MCU movie with you. Well, let's say three, taking the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, Spider Man two point one as well. Yeah, that's the extended <laughs> version. I I have that version. All right, well, I guess that's a. Uh, I guess that's it. So if you are listening, we do have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what, YouTube, uh, you can, uh, Fantastic Mr. Podcast, 
uh, check us out, tweet at us, comment at us, or whatever the kids are saying these days. Uh, if you do have any ideas for episodes, please let us know. We would love to hear your ideas or any comments you have about anything, period. Uh, so, yeah. So, thanks for listening, and I guess that'll do it for us today. See you guys. Thank you.